I want you to hit me as hard as you can. I always saw Ben Stiller as an extremely talented filmmaker who just so happens to also be a gifted comedian. And he used his skills in comedy and cinema to conquer the world. He's been everything from a male model to a lion to a drugged up sitcom writer. Ben Stiller is a filmmaker who has always pushed the boundaries and gone against expectations. For a while, this funny man was everywhere, making lots of money and making lots of people laugh. But lately it feels like we've been seeing far less of Mr. Ben Stiller. Where did he go? Did a couple of box office bombs ruin him? Did his personal life get in the way? Has he found a new direction as a director? Or is he just getting older? It happens to some of us. Ben Stiller is now the same age Robert De Niro was when they did Meet the Parents. So he's a different man. Wiser, older, seasoned, experienced, evolved. But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Let's find out the answer to the question that's on everybody's mind. What the f happened to Ben Stiller? Before we begin, I want to say thank you for watching. Please like, share, and subscribe, and click that bell to get notifications if you like this kind of stuff. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the f happened to Ben Stiller, we must begin at the beginning of the beginning began when he was born on his birthday. New York City, 1965. Born to comedy legends Ann Mira and Jerry Stiller. Ben was practically raised on film and television sets. He was born to do this. In 1986, Ben Stiller created a short mockumentary film called The Hustler of Money, making fun of Martin Scorsese's The Color of Money. This short film featured Ben Stiller doing an absolutely amazing impression of Tom Cruise. It was so hilarious that it got the attention of Saturday Night Live, who aired the short and hired Ben Stiller as a writer. But his time on SNL was very short-lived as they did not want him to make any more short films, leading to Ben Stiller developing a parody music video going back to Brooklyn with comedian Colin Quinn. The success of his short films and music videos led Fox to offer Ben Stiller his own series titled The Ben Stiller Show in 1992. Although I'm not sure they knew exactly what they were signing up for, as the show was very experimental and got very low ratings. You won't get me! No! However, after the Ben Stiller show was canceled, with just 12 of its 13 episodes aired, it won an Emmy for Outstanding Writing, and would go on to be considered one of the best sketch comedy shows ever created. Ben Stiller has the talent, the power, and the skills to turn sketch comedy, silly little sketch comedy, into high art. How could the same thing happen to the same guy so many times? But yeah, the Ben Stiller show was canceled far too soon. Of course, when one door closes, a window sometimes opens. And for Ben Stiller, that window would be the opportunity to direct the film Reality Bites. This would prove to be a moderate success with a total of $33 million, and it got some good reviews. My introduction to the comedy of Ben Stiller was in one of my all-time favorite films from my childhood, Heavyweights. 
Ben Stiller delivers an over-the-top yet perfect performance. So good that you don't even realize it's Ben Stiller until years later because I didn't even know who Ben Stiller was until years later. 1996 would see Ben Stiller appear uncredited in the Adam Sandler film Happy Gilmore, a role which he would revisit 24 years later in Hubie Halloween. Up next was the romantic comedy If Lucy Fell and the David O. Russell film Flirting with Disaster. Of course, his most notorious film of that year would be his return to the director's chair in the Jim Carrey film The Cable Guy, a film that managed to pull in $102 million worldwide on its $47 million budget, but was deemed a failure because it didn't reach the financial heights of Jim Carrey's other recent comedies. The Cable Guy was a little too dark for a lot of people at the time, but has gone on to become a beloved cult classic. And in this one, you can truly see that Ben Stiller has a wonderful eye as a director. Because in The Cable Guy, he gets to do hilarious, funny comedy moments, some really sad, dramatic moments, and there's even moments of, you know, terrifying horror which only a director as talented as Ben Stiller could bring together. But with The Cable Guy being deemed a failure, even though it really wasn't, Ben Stiller turned his attention back to acting. In 1998, he would appear in Zero Effect, Your Friends and Neighbors, and Permanent Midnight. It's a drama about the writer of ALF struggling with a drug addiction. And Ben Stiller shows that he is an absolutely amazing dramatic actor in this one. Then finally, we all got to see the film that would turn Ben Stiller into a comedy superstar. There's something about Mary. From the director of Green Book. The film would go on to be the fourth highest film of that year worldwide with 370 million at the box office and went on to become a hilarious pop culture juggernaut. There's something about Mary was a milestone in the art of comedy and it helped bring some romantic heart to this gross-out rated R genre. And of course, Ben Stiller would find his niche as a lovable, goofy, straight man, normal dude, who is at times misguided and finds himself in ridiculous and often painful situations. Many copycats followed, but nothing would live up to Mary. 1999 would see Ben Stiller appear in two smaller films, The Suburbans, with a rare 0% on those tomatoes that are rotten.com, and an all-star ensemble film, Black and White, followed by the now cult classic, criminally underrated Mystery Men. Mystery Men was reinventing, satirizing, and expanding the superhero genre way before its time. And of course, Ben Stiller leads the way. Then there was a hilarious skit at the MTV Movie Awards with Ben Stiller playing Tom Cruise's stunt double, which is funny because in real life you don't need one. And in my opinion, this right here in this MTV Movie Awards skit is Ben Stiller at his best. It don't get better than this. <laughs> then at the turn of the stillinium, it's like Willinium, Millennium, but with Stiller, Stillinium. Let's get it started. At the turn of the Stillinium, Stiller would star alongside Edward Norton in his directorial debut, Keeping the Faith, 
followed by the massively successful and hilarious Meet the Parents, opposite Robert De Niro. And this funny little movie would go on to spawn two successful sequels with Meet the Fockers and Little Fockers. Much like There's Something About Mary, Ben Stiller is perfectly cast as a misguided man trying to do his best yet always finds himself in wacky, often painful situations. But this time it's PG-13. I just can't believe that a major motion picture got away with naming its lead character Gaylord Fokker. What the fuck? Ben Stiller would return to the director's chair in the year 2001 with the male model slash political assassination comedy, Zoolander, a character he is probably best known for, and a character that he had originally created for the 1996 VH1 Fashion Awards. This quotable comedic powerhouse of a movie paved the way for a sequel in 2016 that unfortunately did not live up to the original because the original's so good and funny. And yeah, Zoolander 2 tanked at the box office. But let's just forget about Zoolander 2. It's Zoolander 1, yeah, that's the only one, yeah. And on the set of Zoolander is when he formed a friendship with Owen Wilson. And being friends with Owen Wilson has its benefits. And for Ben Stiller, one of those friendly benefits was getting cast in Wes Anderson's film, The Royal Tenenbaums which many consider to be Wes Anderson's best film. And it's really nice to see Ben Stiller take a step back into a smaller role, and he's a wonderful fit for this amazing ensemble. Ben Stiller's look, his vibe, his sense of humor, it fits perfectly into the symmetrical world of Wes. After appearing in the 2003 Danny DeVito-directed Bomb duplex, Ben Stiller would bounce back with his best year ever, 2004, Anno Domini. Appearing in box office hits, Along Came Polly, Starsky and Hutch, and Dodgeball, a true underdog story. But yeah, let me say that again just in case. Along Came Polly, Starsky and Hutch, and Dodgeball all came out in the year 2004, the year of the bin. Mr. Ben Stiller was the funny king of the world. These string of hits and the cast of actors that pop up in these films had the media dub Ben Stiller as the leader of the frat pack. Because of old school, it was a take on the 80s John Hughes era brat pack, which took it from the rat pack. However, Ben Stiller says he hates the frat pack label. But you have to admit that Stiller and his pals were the well-deserved leaders of comedy during that particular era in history. And since Ben Stiller was, you know, like king of the world, he might as well voice the king of the jungle. So the next year, in 2005, he would launch his most successful film franchise yet, the animated Madagascar. Surprise! Which would spawn two sequels, Madagascar Escape to Africa and Madagascar, Europe's Most Wanted, which made a whopping $746 million worldwide. And that would be Ben Stiller's highest grossing film to date. 
To show that he is a successful franchise movie-making machine, the very next year, 2006, Ben Stiller would star in the $574 million grossing Night at the Museum, which would be his highest-grossing live-action film to date. And this one also spawned two very successful sequels, The Battle of the Smithsonian and Secret of the Tomb. But for my money, the best Ben Stiller film also ranks as one of the best comedies ever made, Tropic Thunder in 2008. Written, directed, produced, and starring Stiller, Tropic Thunder is a pitch-perfect satire of the Hollywood film industry and the military-industrial complex and the human condition. And it asks if blackface is funny or not. Cancel Robert Downey Jr. No, don't you fucking dare. Ben Stiller says the idea of Tropic Thunder came to him while shooting 1987's Empire of the Sun, directed by Steven Spielberg. Tropic Thunder is like Apocalypse Now, but even funnier. This film would go on to make close to $200 million worldwide and would be nominated for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards for Robert Downey Jr.'s hilarious performance, hilariously directed by Ben Stiller. Which is really funny because Tropic Thunder ends with Ben Stiller's character winning an Oscar. Seriously though, I have a question. Is Tropic Thunder the last truly great comedy film ever made? I don't want it to be, but it may be. Comment your comment in the comments. In the last decade, Ben Stiller has had a tremendous balancing act of appearing in more dramatic roles, such as Greenberg and the Meyerowitz stories, for writer-director Noah Baumbach, and high-concept comedies such as Tower Heist and The Watch, while also blending those two genres together in the excellent adaptation of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. But those were kind of epic failures when compared to the massive hits he would bring us just a few years prior. But you know what? Gay Lord Fockett. The dude proved himself, and now he kind of wants to slow down a bit. I think. And I actually really respect Ben Stiller's smaller dramatic work, and I hope he does more of that. But what I really hope he does more is direct. In the last few years, one thing has become more evident. Ben Stiller loves being behind the camera. In addition to producing several great comedy shows for Comedy Central and IFC, like Big Time Hollywood Florida, The Birthday Boys, and Another Period, he would also win a Director's Guild Award and be nominated for several Emmys for his excellent miniseries, Escape at Danamora. As well as directing six of the nine episodes in 2022's Apple TV thriller series, Severance. I hear it's pretty good. And at no point when watching his newer dramatic projects, do you ever think, this is directed by Derek Zoolander. No, you don't. He's one of the best directors working today. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> 
But even with all those starring roles and behind-the-camera accolades, Ben Stiller's biggest strength are all of his cameos. Sometimes just a little taste of Ben Stiller is best. Just think about all of the shows and movies you've watched over the years where Ben Stiller pops up and steals every frickin' scene. Anchorman, Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, Friends, Extras, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Arrested Development, and even his return to Saturday Night Live. And there's even more cameos that I can't even think of right now. I've kissed Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, I, uh, I slapped Jennifer Aniston's butt. In films? Still counts. When Ben Stiller shows up, you know you are in for a comedic treat. Heck, even the music videos he appears in are hilarious. Like Limp Bizkit's Rollin', P. Diddy's Bad Boys for Life, Tenacious D's Tribute, Jack Johnson's Taylor. That's my name. His personal life has remained relatively quiet compared to other Hollywood people. He married Christine Taylor in the year 2000, unfortunately splitting up in 2017. But they got back together in 2021. Happily ever after. Ben Stiller was also diagnosed with prostate cancer in June of 2014. And thank God he was declared cancer-free in September of that same year, after a surgery. His personal and family and health issues most likely affected his work. He had more important things to deal with, you guys. I will now be anonymous and known only as Eric Tulander. Then in the year 2020, he lost his father, Jerry Stiller. And just two weeks later, Ben Stiller would appear on talk shows talking about how much he loved and respected his dad. I, and I can't speak for other people, but for me that, you know, their spirit is something that's so much a part of me that I, I hold on to. I think those interviews tell you all you need to know about Ben Stiller. He's a humble genius. Yeah, whatever, I use that word, genius. Ben Stiller is truly one of the best Hollywood has to offer, and I cannot wait to see what he does next. And what I hope he does next is direct more things like Escape at Danamora. It's freaking great, you guys. So nobody should give a fuck about what the fuck happened to Ben Stiller, because he's doing just fine.